Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning to you, beloved family. How are you doing? It is the Feast of St. Joseph, first-class feast. What a glorious day. It's not a holy day of obligation, which you would be excused from anyway because of this virus, but it is the Feast of St. Joseph, such a glorious, glorious day, March 19th. Um, and he is one of our fourth four patrons our Lady of Guadalupe, we have St. Joseph, and then St. Benedict, and St. Francis de Sales. So it's a very special day for us here. And we are thrilled. And, you know, um, uh, I'm looking at an article by Dom uh, Prosper Garanger, who restored Gregorian chant and the Benedictine order back to France in the 1800s and threw him to the rest of the world. And he wrote that devotion to St. Joseph was reserved for these latter times. Though based on the gospel, it was not to be developed in the early ages of the church. It is not that the faithful were in any way checked from showing honor to him who had been called to take so important a part in the mystery of the incarnation, but divine providence had its hidden reasons for retarding the liturgical homage to be paid each year to the spouse of Mary. As on other occasions, so here also, the East preceded the West in the special cultus of St. Joseph, the special worship, uh, uh, proper worship of St. Joseph. But in the 15th century, the whole Latin Church adopted it. And since that time, it has gradually gained the affections of the faithful. We have we have treated upon the glories of St. Joseph on the 19th of March. The present feast has its own special object, which we will at once proceed to explain. Okay, so I, um, I don't know. I think this was, well, I don't know what year this was written, but um, let me let me go on to see. Though they have the most beautiful pictures of of Saint Joseph in this article, which I had never seen before, it's on census fidelium, um, the liturgical year by Dom Prosper Garanger. Uh, really beautiful. He continues, the goodness of God and our Redeemer's fidelity to his promises have ever kept pace with the necessities of the world so that in every age, appropriate and special aid has been given to the world for its maintaining the supernatural life. And you know, some of you may be saying, all right, I know it's the Feast of St. Joseph, but we're in the middle of the coronavirus and all kinds of troubles and difficulties and all right, all right, but don't spend too much time on St. Joseph. You know what? He is the protector of the family. He is the patron of the universal church. Apart from the Blessed Mother, there's nobody more powerful 
on earth or above the earth than St. Joseph. He's number one, absolutely number one. He can do incredible things. Do not exhort, nor St. Joseph ever. We don't begin to know. I think it was Don, um, Father uh, Donald um, Holloway, is it, that wrote uh, the recently, uh, fairly recent new book, Consecration to St. Joseph. Very beautiful, very important, and I would urge you to read it. Oh, excuse me, excuse me, dear ones. And so I'm going to continue this with um, Dom um, uh, Prosper Garanger. It's really beautiful, and the Feast of St. Joseph should be very, very large to us. A true day. It, I don't know why the Church did not make it a holy day of obligation. She might have in the past, but it is not that now. Yet it's a first-class feast, so we need to celebrate that. Beloved, your children need to know who St. Joseph is. And men, he's your model. As Mary is uh, the model for all of us, Joseph, St. Joseph is especially the model for men, for husbands, for fathers, for, for all the virtues of manhood. An uninterrupted succession of seasonable grace has been the result of this merciful dispensation because it's right in the middle of Lent. And each generation has had given to it a special motive for confidence in its Redeemer. Dating from the 13th century, when the Church herself assures us the world began to grow old, listen to this, in the 13th century, when the world began to grow old, each epoch had thrown open to it a new source of graces, First of all came the Feast of the Most Blessed Sacrament with its successive developments of processions and expositions, benedictions, 40 hours. And after this followed the devotion to the holy name of Jesus, of which St. Bernardine of Siena was the chief propagator, and that of Via Crucis, or Stations of the Cross, with its wonderful fruit of compunction. The practice of frequent communion was revived in the 16th century owing principally to the influence of St. Ignatius and the society founded by him, which would be the Jesuits. In the 17th was promulgated the devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, which was formally established in the following century. And in the 19th um, in the 19th century, devotion to the Holy Mother of God has made such progress as to form one of the leading supernatural characteristics of the period of the rosary and the scapular, which had been handed down to us in previous ages, have regained their place in the affections of the people. Pilgrimage to the sanctuaries of the Mother of God which had been interrupted by the influence of Jansenism and uh, rationalism have been, have been removed. The arch-confraternity of the Sacred Heart of Mary has spread through the whole world. Numerous miracles have been wrought in reward for the fervent faith of individuals. In a word, our present century has witnessed 
the triumph, uh, we, we would say, reading it in our day, the past century, has witnessed the triumph of the Immaculate Conception, a triumph which had looked forward for many years, um, looked forward to in many previous ages. Hold on a moment, beloved. See if I can get a little up to today. Um, as usual, God revealed his new spiritual soul, his spiritual aid to a privileged soul, that she might be the instrument of its propagation. It was thus that were instituted several feasts, such as those. Corpus Christi of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, the 16th century Saint Teresa, whose writings were to have worldwide circulation, was instructed by heaven as to the efficacy of devotion to Saint Joseph. Saint Teresa of Avila, as many of you know, had a very um, um, deep devotion to Saint Joseph. She has spoken of it in The Life, written by herself of Teresa of Jesus, um, when we remember that it was by the Carmelite order um, brought into the Western Church in the 13th century. It was by the Carmelite order that this devotion um, was established among us. We cannot be surprised that God should have chosen St. Teresa who was the reformer of that order to propagate the same devotion in this part of the world. Let me just scroll down a little bit, beloved. Hold on now. Here's the words of St. Teresa. I'm not reading the whole article. It's going to be too long for us, this program. But the words of St. Teresa are as follows. Quote, I took for my patron and Lord the glorious St. Joseph and recommended myself earnestly to him. I saw clearly that to ask, let's see now, I saw clearly that the rent... Uh, that he rendered me greater services than I knew how to ask for. I cannot call to mind that I have ever asked him at any time for anything which he has not granted, and I am filled with amazement. She's... I'm sorry, beloved. I think I'm especially tired this morning. Let me just skip some things here. Um... Oh, there's the music for our break. I'm so sorry. We'll come back, and um, I might even take your calls earlier today because I'm falling asleep reading this. I'm so sorry for that. Um, God bless you, beloved, and go ahead and feel free to call in toll-free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Hi, this is Jim Wright, president of the Station of the Cross. Our 2020 Spring Appeal is officially underway. Please consider a sacrificial donation to help us spread the gospel. The theme of our appeal is Changing Lives in 2020. In the coming weeks, you may receive a mailing that shows the great gifts you can receive as a Spring Appeal donor. You can also view the gifts by visiting thestationofthecross.com. Your generosity will help us develop our programming, expand our outreach efforts, and continue to grow. To support our mission, please call 1-877-711-8500, 1-877-711-8500, or go to thestationofthecross.com. Use the donation page from your iCatholic Radio mobile app or use a return envelope from one of our mailings. Your support will change lives in your community and beyond. Thank you and may God bless you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. And we are going to take your calls and your emails and your texts earlier today because I cannot continue reading an article. I don't know why I'm so tired today, but I apologize. And I don't want to fall asleep. So if I talk to you, I won't fall asleep. <laughs> so call in toll-free with anything on your heart, beloved. one 5483 We'll take your calls right away today. Um, or text at that number or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We have a text from someone who writes in anonymously and says, what exactly happens to us when we fall and give in to our temptations and fall into mortal sin? Uh, does God not hear our prayers? Does everything that we do as penance or sacrifice have no merit when we are in mortal sin? Are we completely apart from God? Can we not receive any graces at all doing reparation for our sin before going to confession? Those are wonderful questions, and the answer is that your hunch, if I may call it such, is right. Mortal means dead. It means dead. And um, uh, we, by committing mortal sin, have killed the grace of God in our soul. We have turned from God. And so we are spiritually dead, 
and there's nothing we could do outside of confession that can please God, that can gain graces, all of that. Mortal is mortal, and that's why we must go to a priest uh, to hear our confession and absolve us from our sins and be restored to God and then receive the penance that um, our God through the priest, through his priest, will give you in order to make reparation for that sin, keeping in mind that um, that you're not forgiven because of the reparation. You have reparation because you are forgiven, and God has given us the ability to make, to repair the damage that we've done, uh, not the... Um, the eternal effects of sin, which our Lord died for on the cross, but the temporal effects of sin, which we cause, we need to restore that. So, um, dear one, when you uh, fall into mortal sin, don't wait till Saturday for the hour confession. Don't wait until the church is open for confession. Call the priest and make an appointment and go see him. Don't let the son... um, Uh, settle on that sin Uh, be restored before you go to sleep at night we have um, a call from Lisa from Massachusetts hi Lisa hello Mother Miriam hi dear I'm okay how are you Uh, doing very well it's very rainy day here in Massachusetts it is here too it's been thundering and lightning quite quite something so we're not alone Not quite that bad here. I, I'm not a fond of uh, the thunder at all. <laughs> I know. Um, the reason why I'm calling today is, um, as you know, many churches um, have um, stopped having, you know, mass, the formal mass. Um, I was blessed enough to have uh, been able to attend mass this past Sunday, but unfortunately now they're, they're, uh, they've stopped the masses. So I do have an area in my home where I have my my Bible. I have a beautiful um, Saint. Uh, I mean, Pope John Paul Saint. You know, um, Pope John Paul II Bible and a nice little uh, religious um, you know area in my home. But what I I don't have, and I've seen them um, uh, you know in different places, a vessel for the Blessed Sacrament for the host. Um, and and I, I didn't know if it was a proper thing for, for that to be in one's home. So I thought I'd call and ask about that um, yes. because I think they're beautiful, the monstrance. You mean and, a monstrance. Um, not a, you don't, you, do you mean a monstrance as opposed to a vessel? Uh, well, I mean, they, they have different names here. But, yeah, where you would have, um, you know. A, where you have the host. host. Yeah, that's right, a monster. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, it would not be appropriate for someone to have okay. it in the home. It would only yep. be that's... only for the uh, in the church or uh, religious orders. We have our Lord in our chapel here. Mm-hmm. Um, religious orders. Uh, sometimes the Catholic charities might have a chapel, or a school might have a chapel, but it's it's for a chapel that has okay. been. Uh, where there's permission from the bishop to have that chapel. All right. Yeah, and that that's why I wanted to call because, you know, you can buy them on uh, Amazon and they're beautiful and all that, but I just wasn't sure if it was a proper thing. So that's why I wanted to call you. So I will 
um, I'll not uh, go down that road then. And, um, you know, and they're I'll, quite I'll be, expensive because to contain our Lord, they must be gold, at least on the inside. They must be gold, pure gold. Okay. Um, but to see, to have, to have the monstrance in your house, you wouldn't be able to have our Lord in the monstrance. So, um, yeah, would have I had to be a feeling. Yeah, you'd have to have a be a very very special situation with the bishop's approval. Um, okay, and and just one more thing, uh, I yes. don't know if you have discussed. Um, I do I do tune in every day, but sometimes it's not right at the beginning. And you know, uh, have you discussed a spiritual communion um, while we're unable to receive the the Eucharist? Yes, um, and in fact, I gave a prayer for a spiritual communion. I'm gonna. I have an article uh, in front of me from LifeSite. Um, and this is what many saints have recommended. Um, I'm glad you brought it up, Lisa, that I did mention yesterday that um, we've been told by saints in the church that a a good, holy, spiritual communion can be more efficacious than receiving our Lord directly based on how our hearts are disposed. You know, sometimes when we receive him at Mass, it's kind of routine, and we don't think too much about it. But if we make a very deep spiritual communion, that could be more uh, efficacious, uh, contain more grace for us than a physical communion. Um, and that, that's such a comfort to know that, because, you know, so many of us are just feeling so... Um, sad by not being able to attend mass and to you know to receive our lord yes and um you know and it, it was comforting me for for me to hear because um i wasn't aware of of the prayer i, I think it's saint alphonsus Liguori who wrote a beautiful prayer for spiritual communion and um you know when i had heard about that it's like i was comforted you know to know and and just as you said that it can be even more um you know yes more uh wonderful it could be be more efficacious it could be uh even hold more grace for us here's an article um by a gentleman named doug mainwaring And he says, um, if you're unable to attend Mass because of measures taken by your diocese to halt the spread of the coronavirus or are otherwise homebound, consider making an act of spiritual communion. Saints down through the ages have recommended this simple practice. And then it says, if we are deprived of sacramental communion, let us replace it as far as we can by spiritual communion, which we can make every moment, for we ought to have always a burning desire to receive the good God. This is from uh, St. John uh, Vianney. Um, And he goes on to say, St. Fianni goes on to say, communion is, and do you know who he was? Just his body is incorrupt. He is the patron of priests, um, magnificent, magnificent saint of God. He says, communion is to the soul like blowing a fire that is beginning to go out, but that still has plenty of hot embers. We blow and the fire burns again. Um, and after I, the, yep, sorry. 
Yes, and he continues, after the reception of the sacraments, when we feel ourselves slacken in the love of God, let us have recourse at once to spiritual communion. When we cannot go to church, let us turn toward the tabernacle. No wall can separate us from the good God. And, you know, there are um, still... Uh, a number of churches open, even though they're they're not celebrating Mass. Um, I, I think more and more are going to be closed now. But um, St. Thomas Aquinas described spiritual communi- communion as an ardent desire to receive Jesus. That's what you're expressing, um, dear one. An ardent desire to receive Jesus in the Holy Sacrament and a loving embrace as though we had already received him. And he says, what a source of grace there is in spiritual communion. And this is St. Josea Maria Escriva. What a source of grace there is in spiritual communion. Practice it frequently and you'll have more presence of God and closer union with him in your life. And finally, uh, a quote by um, St. Teresa of Jesus. When you, um, when you do not receive communion and do not attend Mass, you can make a spiritual communion, which is a most beautiful practice. By it, the love of God will be greatly impressed on you, and I think, Lisa, you're expressing that during this time that we're not able to go to church for mass, God has given us uh, the the gift of spiritual communion, and He's letting us know through His saints that it is absolutely effective, and we can uh, have communion with Him any moment of any day. Um, uh, let me take one more minute, Lisa, and, and read you this prayer of spiritual communion. It might be the one you're thinking of. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. That That is the one. And in fact, <clears throat> excuse me, I wrote it down so I would always have it at, at you know, at hand. Um, and and I, there was another saint, and I cannot remember his name, but he would say that every 15 minutes, every day. Oh, my. And I'm trying to, th- the, um, uh, I, I read it on the, um, the Fatima, uh, the Our Lady of Fatima, the, mm-hmm. the, the, that group, um, and that the Father Ralea, I don't, I'm sure you've heard of him. Um, you know, I know that, that this saint is someone that he is very fond of, but okay. I can't remember the saint's name, but every 15 minutes. Oh, see? We can be closer to Jesus now without going to Mass um, through learning uh, to do spiritual communion. Um, uh, Someone was just listening to you and said it was St. Francis de Sales. 
um, that wasn't the one that I had oh. read read about. Um, okay. But, um, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll put it on the um, the Facebook page when okay. I go grab Excellent. that. But thank you so much, right, Mother Mary, for everything you do. You've you've blessed us all with your wisdom and Thanks. and your holiness. Thanks. Thank you, dear Lisa. God bless you. We encourage one another to holiness. We'll be right back, everyone. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. The Catholic Current on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. Now, recently, your organization, the Ruth Institute, caused a bit of a stir. Can you tell us what happened there, please? What? I caused a stir? Father. I know, it's so what? unlike you. <laughs> you think you know someone. <laughs> Tune in weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross and iCatholic Radio for The Catholic Current, bringing Christ to the world and the world to Christ. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Thank you for your continued support and may God bless you and your family. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, we have our whole half hour together. We started our calls and emails early today, and you're welcome to call in. Our lines are wide open. The toll-free number to call or text is one 511 excuse me, 5483, or text at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have an email from someone who writes in anonymously and says, Mass is such a big part of my life, and I can't even think of not receiving communion, at least on Sundays. Nothing would keep me from Mass, not even the scare of possibly getting the coronavirus. And I'm 72 and take medicine for a breathing problem after getting pneumonia 25 years ago. 
Being able to go to Mass and receive communion gave me the courage to accept the chance I could get the coronavirus and suffer and die from it. So how do we get the graces that come to us from the Mass and receive Holy Communion when we are not able to participate in Mass and receive Holy Communion and our life is threatened every day? Well, dear one, I hope you were listening before the break with Lisa's call because we we read how to make a spiritual communion and even the saints who have suggested we do it every 15 minutes through the day and the assurance that the saints have given us that a fervent spiritual communion, we go to Mass once a day, but we can make spiritual communion 20 times a day. And if we make a sincere, fervent spiritual communion, often that would exceed the efficacy, the grace of a regular communion. Um, And the one that St. Louis de Montfort wrote says, My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. It's a beautiful prayer, beloved. You can find it online. Uh, or uh, after the program, you could uh, download or listen to the podcast a few times until you are able to write it all down to that section of the podcast, if you wish. But also, I received another email, because we're all suffering through this. Um, All of us are, uh, including the priests that have closed the churches. I I think um, many churches were open, And yesterday, uh, many of the bishops, at least a number of them that I know, who had the churches open uh, and were going to keep them open, all of a sudden closed them. Um, And I I don't know this, but I have a feeling there could have been some communication going around and and they would be obedient to it. I'm not sure, but um, it, it, it... I know uh, in in a, a few places where the masses were uh, again um, uh, shut down, uh, where the, before they were not. So, beloved, God is building His church, and He has given us this time. And there are bishops suffering with us that they need to do that. And so, we need to make spiritual communions every day. Uh, several times a day we can do that, beloved. And again, if we do them well, it could be more efficacious than going to church every single day and kind of, by rote, receiving communion. A spiritual communion can be more fervor, um, more efficacious. And I got another email from someone. People are sending me emails from all over the place, which is, I I love you all for that, This one is from the Marians of the Immaculate Conception. They are the order uh, in Stockbridge, Massachusetts, that have charge of divine mercy. And um, uh, 
and, and they're outstanding. I know those priests, and it's an outstanding order of priests. And uh, their email says, please join the Marian Fathers each day as we live stream the masses and prayers needed to supply you with the necessary grace to help you and your loved ones through this time of difficulty and health concerns. And so uh, there are other dioceses that will li- are able to live stream, not everyone, but some that are able to live stream the Mass, sometimes from Rome, sometimes from the local diocese, um, that you could watch it at least. Um, but if not, the Marians will be live streaming it. Um, and they say daily from the National Shrine of the Divine Mercy, we will live stream the following spiritual activities on our Facebook page. And so just look for the official uh, Facebook page of Divine Mercy. And it says, at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, we will, um, we will bring you the Most Holy Mass. At 9 a.m. Eastern Time, we will bring you the Most Holy Mass, including the prayer to make a spiritual communion so you can receive the graces as if you received our Lord sacramentally in Most Holy Communion. And then also at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we will they will broadcast the Novena and Chaplet of Divine Mercy, followed by benediction and a blessing with the first-class relic of St. Faustina. Again, it'll be online for you. And at 5 p.m., um, the Marian Fathers um, will recite the Most Holy Rosary and invite you to join them for that. And at 7 p.m., they will um, live stream the Most Holy Mass in Spanish. Okay. Okay, their website, beloved, if you want to look it up, is The Divine Mercy, one word, thedivinemercy.org, thedivinemercy.org, and you can look up all these times and see them and pray with them every day. Um, And they end the uh, email by saying, we hope you will join us to receive these special graces that the church allows during this time of the coronavirus. Thank you and God bless. Okay, so they are, um, they're doing what the church has allowed them to do. And it's it's very wonderful that we don't have to do without um, those graces. Okay, let me go now. Um, to um, Jean in Massachusetts. Hello, Jean. Hi, Mother. Th- thank you for taking my call. And sure. I'm so sorry that you're so tired today because I know what that's like. It's a it's a difficult thing just to get through the day. But anyway, the reason why I'm calling it, it has been on my heart, uh, what a better way for churches to open up at the Adoration Chapel or a place where the Blessed Sacrament can be exposed to feel fear of going into a church in front of the Blessed Sacrament because of this virus is nothing that I have or would want to experience or would experience because who whose presence that I would be sitting in 
in front of that monstrance where Jesus himself is there. This is an opportunity for churches to become stronger by having an adoration chapel open so people who I know would flock to it because people who are very upset that they cannot go to Mass, I mean, I, I'm one of them, but I watch it on EWTN. Thank you, Jesus, for EWTN. Yes, thank you. Yes, I, Lord. I cannot, I cannot, I cannot emphasize that enough. But I, I just called an adoration chapel uh, at a church nearby, and they're still open. They're perpetual. They're there for 24, 24-7. Wonderful. And I, will, and, and I will go there today. But Good. Churches, churches should not be fearful of having that in their church is what I, I can't understand why they would Well, be I'll tell you what, Jean, dear Jean, none of us really do understand, and, and we all wish what you wish. None of us understand, but um, we're under obedience, and so are bishops in, in a number of cases. So um, we don't know, uh, you know, normally adoration chapels are small and people are supposed to be six feet apart and, you know, there might be, it might be a chapel where five people's too many. So, um, we just need to leave it to the bishop's, um, judgment on this. We need to do that. We're all grieved. We're all very grieved during this time, but we need to do what we can to pray, to pray for the church to pray for the salvation of souls, for the conversion of those that need to be converted, um, and um, and just simply do the best we can, and including EWTN. I didn't even think of them. It should have been my first thought. Yes. Can I ask you another question? I had sure. called before asking, asking if you are, are thinking about entering the Diocese of Boston because you're still looking for a home. I am. Have you, have you, have you done anything on that? No. Um, I, I would have to write Cardinal O'Malley, and I have not. Um, okay. uh, again, I, I would come to Boston if Cardinal O'Malley wished me to. Um, and anyone on that, it is certainly welcome to to explore that. But I have not yet written him. I might okay. one day, um, uh, but I have not yet. Well, there there are many people in this area who would love to see you come to this area. And well, I, as mm-hmm. I, I, I as I mentioned, I I tried to intercede for you, but I can't do it. You have to do that yourself. Oh yes, you did tell me that, Jean. That's very right, and that's very normal, by the way. Um, so, um, we will, um, I will keep that in, I've kept it in mind. A number of people have talked to me about writing to Cardinal O'Malley. I just have not done that. I've, I've been in touch with other bishops and, um, uh, we have a pending situation at the moment and, and, you know, I like to wait till each situation is clear before I contact someone else. So I I won't, I won't forget that, Jean. Yeah. And I respect, you know, your your wishes and what your the Holy Spirit is leading you to do. But uh, I just I, I can't encourage you enough to pursue it because I would be blessed. Many people here would be blessed by that. And so would we. So, I, so would we be yeah, blessed I, to be in Boston. Good. God bless you, dear sister. God bless I, you, Jean. And I and I hope you get some rest today because getting getting rest would be more beneficial to your your body so that you don't get sick. 
Yes, you're very right. God bless you, my sweet one. God bless you, dear sister. We have an email from Ben that we're going to take. Ben says, good morning, Mother. I could not agree more about the Mass. We need it here in the Archdiocese of Boston. Church is canceled. Look at that. From from Jean to Ben, all, all in Boston. We need the Mass, especially at this most holy time of year, Lent and Easter. My wife and I went to New Hampshire for a Mass yesterday. Unfortunately, there were things added in unfamiliar um they're unfamiliar to us, such as saying he is alive several times during the consecration and some other chant. My goodness, um, the priest asking if we wanted a sermon, some kind of prayer song before the sermon, music that sounded like Christian pop Protestant, the tabernacle to the left as you face the altar, prayer and music lyrics being projected on the wall, that being said, we need the mass big time. Sounds like you went to a Protestant church. That doesn't sound anything Catholic. And if it is Catholic, I'm so sorry for that. Um, but yes, Ben, and as I, we're all in this together, we need to pray for one another, pray for our bishops, pray for those who have um, contracted the virus, and uh, pray that uh, the churches will be open as soon as our Lord will allow. And thank God, as Jean did, that at least we can go to divinemercy.org, um, to the Marian Fathers, to EWTN, and others who, uh, even some dioceses, who are able to live stream the Mass and then 24 7 be able to offer um, a spiritual communion on our own and unite our hearts with our Lord's. There's the music for our break, beloved. It'll be our last segment. You're welcome to call it with anything on your heart. Toll free, one eight. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. This is Jim Wright, President of the Station of the Cross. Our 2020 Spring Appeal is officially underway. Please consider a sacrificial donation to help us spread the gospel. The theme of our appeal is changing lives in 2020. In the coming weeks, you may receive a mailing that shows the great gifts you can receive as a Spring Appeal donor. You can also view the gifts by visiting thestationofthecross.com. Your generosity will help us develop our programming, expand our outreach efforts, and continue to grow. To support our mission, please call 1-877-711-8500, 1-877-711-8500, or go to thestationofthecross.com. Use the donation page from your iCatholic Radio mobile app, or use a return envelope from one of our mailings. Your support will change lives in your community and beyond. Thank you, and may God bless you. 
Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. It's our last segment. You're welcome to call in. Our lines are wide open if you wish. Um, and um, uh, the toll-free number, 1-877-511-5483. Um, and um, you can email at mother at the station of the cross.com. Let me uh, bring something to you. Um, uh, an article on LifeSite News by a very wonderful, I believe, saint on the earth, uh, dear brother, Dr. Mark Miravalli. Uh, it'd be hard to find anyone who loves Our Lady more than him. We're getting quite a number of, of emails and calls, understandably so, on masses being canceled. And um, this is a, a, a time, a struggle for all of us, priests, bishops, uh, and every one of us, we uh, may disagree with certain decisions, but we're not making them, and we're not privy to all the reasons uh, why things are being done. But we need to trust God, who is building His church. He knows what He's about. He knows what He's doing, and it's usually in such times of, uh, if if you you know want to call it persecution or um, hardship, that. We grow and we we uh, draw nearer to God. And Mark Miravalli wrote this um, uh, article um, uh, about. Um, let's see now uh, what we can do. How Catholics can cope with mass mass less Sundays with the mass being canceled. And um, he says, Sunday Mass cancellations and dispensations are now ubiquitous throughout the Catholic Church in the United States. During the weekend of March 14th and 15th, um, over 20 dioceses, uh, archdioceses and dioceses experienced Sunday Mass cancellations. And he lists, lists all, a whole bunch of cities, but there's no point in my reading them now because I think now... Pretty much the whole country uh, is is probably shut down in that respect now. Um, let me see now, and the, and the bishops and cardinals have granted dispensations. All of that um, in Italy, the diocese of Rome uh, have suspended all masses, and he goes on to Netherlands and different parts of Europe. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm not. I don't want to read this whole article. I'm trying to. Uh, um, all right, numerous international medical es experts. Um, okay. Um, yeah, th this, th the coronavirus is growing so that we may even see our own country being locked down. We have to be ready for all this. And he says, for many Catholics in the U.S., it's time to spiritually and pastorally prepare for Mass-less Sundays in the immediate future. And, of course, that's already upon us. And so Dr. Mark says, there are four concrete ways that the Catholic faithful in the United States can spiritually prepare and pray through this purging period of Mass-less Sundays. 
Number one, watch Sunday Mass on television. Blessed be God if we can do that. Hmm? We don't have a television here in the Priory in Tulsa, but we do have computer, and there are times we can watch things uh, through the computer as well. Um, Mark says, through television and the Internet, there you go, most of us have access to the celebration of Holy Mass, either nationally or locally, while watching the Eucharistic liturgy on a screen, obviously does not provide the same existential blessing of being physically present. It nonetheless conveys significant secondary spiritual blessings through virtual participation in the Eucharistic liturgy. When possible, obtain the scripture readings from the Mass. If you don't have access to the liturgy via technology, prayerfully read and meditate upon the scripture readings from Sunday's Mass. Offer your newly experienced sufferings in union with the sufferings of Jesus and Mary at Calvary, which is mystical, though truly present and continued at every Mass. Number two. So number one was watch Mass on television if you're able. Secondly, make spiritual communions. Of course, that's what we've been speaking about. Spiritual communions comprise, Dr. Miravalli says, they comprise classic spiritual practices that call for an immediate renewal during our present Mass-less Sunday experience. A spiritual communion is a spiritual practice in which the Christian, after professing his or her belief in the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, requests Jesus to spiritually enter the soul. And you know, beloved, many people uh, who do go to Mass, who have gone to Masses when the Masses were open, but were uh, not in a position to receive our Lord, maybe they broke the fast, maybe they weren't in the state of grace, whatever it may be, um, are uh, often encouraged to make a spiritual communion right there where they sit. Pardon me. St. Thomas Aquinas describes a spiritual communion as a holy desire to receive Jesus in the Eucharist and a loving embrace from Jesus as though we had already received him. Saint after saint has recommended this powerful spiritual practice. St. Catherine of Siena compared it to receiving Jesus from a silver chalice instead of the gold chalice of the Eucharist. And St. Padre Pio spoke of great efficacy in spiritually uniting with Jesus through the day. Pope St. Pope John Paul II strongly recommended the practice of spiritual communion in Ecclesia de Eucharista. He says, um, it is good to cultivate in our hearts a constant desire for the sacrament of the Eucharist, This was the origin of the practice of spiritual communion, which has happily been established in the church for centuries and recommended by saints who were masters of the spiritual life. St. Teresa of Jesus wrote, When you do not receive communion and you do not attend Mass, you can make a spiritual communion, which is a most beneficial practice. By it, the love of God will be greatly impressed on you. That's from St. Teresa Abela's uh, The Way of Perfection, her book. 
the basic elements for a spiritual communion are as follows. We're not going to have too much time uh, now for this, but let me just see. Um, Okay, let me just see. Um, Basic elements for spiritual communion are as follows. Express your belief in the real presence of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. Jesus, I love you and I believe that you are really present. Body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist too. Express your inability to receive Jesus sacramentally in the Eucharist. Jesus, unfortunately, I cannot receive you sacramentally in Holy Communion at this time. Number three, invite Jesus to spiritually enter your soul Jesus, I now ask you to spiritually enter my soul and follow that by a brief time of silence and receptivity to the spiritual entrance into your soul. And finally, offer your thanksgiving. Jesus, thank you for spiritually entering my soul. I love you, I praise you, and I adore you for your infinite grace and mercy. Um, And then he says, if you're able to watch Mass on television, Make your spiritual communion after the Lamb of God when you would normally receive Holy Communion. Now, this article goes on, beloved, and we will continue it tomorrow. God bless you. Don't spend these days being upset and angry. Praise God that he's given us a means to draw close to him and pray for the end of this virus and the restoration of the church. God bless all of you, and we'll see you tomorrow.